Chapter 13.4 of the 9-11 Commission Report. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bob Siebold. The 9-11 Commission Report. Chapter 13.4. The Unity of Effort in the Congress. Strengthen Congressional Oversight of Intelligence and Homeland Security. Of all of our recommendations, strengthening congressional oversight may be among the most difficult and important. So long as oversight is governed by current congressional rules and resolutions, we believe the American people will not get the security they want and need. The United States needs a strong, stable, and capable congressional committee structure to give America's national intelligence agencies oversight, support, and leadership. Few things are more difficult to change in Washington than Congressional Committee jurisdiction and prerogatives. To a member, these assignments are almost as important as the map of his or her Congressional District. The American people may have to insist that these changes occur, or they may well not happen. Having interviewed numerous members of Congress from both parties, as well as Congressional staff members, we found that dissatisfaction with Congressional oversight remains widespread. The future challenges of America's intelligence agencies are daunting. They include the need to develop leading-edge technologies that give our policymakers and warfighters a decisive edge in any conflict where the interests of the United States are vital. Not only does good intelligence win wars, but the best intelligence enables us to prevent them from happening altogether. Under the terms of existing rules and resolutions, the House and Senate Intelligence Committees lack the power, influence, and sustained capability to meet this challenge. While few members of Congress have the broad knowledge of intelligence activities or the know-how about the technologies employed, all members need to feel assured that good oversight is happening. When their unfamiliarity with the subject is combined with the need to preserve security, a mandate emerges for substantial change. Tinkering with the existing structure is not sufficient. Either Congress should create a Joint Committee for Intelligence using the Joint Atomic Energy Committee as its model, or it should create House and Senate committees with combined authorizing and appropriations powers. Whichever of these two forms are chosen, the goal should be a structure, codified by resolution with powers expressly granted and carefully limited, allowing a relatively small group of members of Congress, given time and reason, to master the subject and the agencies, to conduct oversight of the intelligence establishment, and be clearly accountable for their work. The staff of this committee should be nonpartisan and work for the entire committee and not for individual members. The other reforms we have suggested for a National Counterterrorism Center and a National Intelligence Director will not work if congressional oversight does not change too. Unity of effort in executive management can be lost if it is fractured by divided congressional oversight. Recommendation Congressional oversight for intelligence and counterterrorism is now dysfunctional. Congress should address this problem. We have considered various alternatives. A joint committee on the old model of the Joint Committee on Atomic Energy is one. A single committee in each House of Congress, combining authorizing and appropriating authorities, is another. The new committee, or committees, should conduct continuing studies of the activities of the intelligence agencies and report problems relating to the development and use of intelligence to all members of the House and Senate. We have already recommended that the total level of funding for intelligence be made public and that the National Intelligence Program be appropriated by the National Intelligence Director, not to the Secretary of Defense.
We also recommend that the Intelligence Committee should have a subcommittee specifically dedicated to oversight, freed from the consuming responsibility of working on the budget. The resolution creating the new Intelligence Committee structure should grant subpoena authority to the committee or committees. The majority party's representation on this committee should never exceed the minority's representation by more than one. Four of the members appointed to this committee or committees should be a member who also serves on each of the following additional committees, Armed Services, Judiciary, Foreign Affairs, and the Defense Appropriations Subcommittee. In this way, the other major congressional interests can be brought together in the new committee's work. Members should serve indefinitely on the Intelligence Committees without set terms, thereby letting them accumulate expertise. The committees should be smaller, perhaps seven or nine members in each house, so that each member feels a greater sense of responsibility and accountability for the quality of the committee's work. The leaders of the Department of Homeland Security now appear before 88 committees and subcommittees of Congress. One expert witness, not a member of the administration, told us that this is perhaps the single largest obstacle impeding the department's successful development. The one attempt to consolidate such committee authority, the House Select Committee on Homeland Security, may be eliminated. The Senate does not even have this. Congress needs to establish for the Department of Homeland Security the kind of clear authority and responsibility that exists to enable the Justice Department to deal with crime and the Defense Department to deal with threats to national security. Through not more than one authorizing committee and one appropriating subcommittee in each House, Congress should be able to ask the Secretary of Homeland Security whether he or she has the resources to provide reasonable security against major terrorist acts within the United States and to hold the Secretary accountable for the Department's performance. Recommendation Congress should create a single principal point of oversight and review for Homeland Security. Congressional leaders are best able to judge what committee should have jurisdiction over this department and its duties, but we believe that Congress does have the obligation to choose one in the House and one in the Senate, and that this committee should be a permanent standing committee with a nonpartisan staff. Improve the transitions between administrations. In Chapter 6, we describe the transition of 2000 to 2001. Beyond the policy issues we described, the new administration did not have its deputy cabinet officers in place until the spring of 2001, and the critical sub-cabinet officials were not confirmed until the summer, if then. In other words, the new administration, like others before it, did not have its team on the job until at least six months after it took office. Recommendation Since a catastrophic attack could occur with little or no notice, we should minimize as much as possible the disruption of national security policymaking during the change of administrations by accelerating the process for national security appointments. We think the process could be improved significantly so transitions can work more effectively and allow new officials to assume their new responsibilities as quickly as possible. Before the election, candidates should submit the names of selected members of their prospective transition teams to the FBI so that, if necessary, those team members can obtain security clearances immediately after the election is over. A president-elect should submit lists of possible candidates for national security positions to begin obtaining security clearances immediately after the election, so that their background investigations can be complete before January 20th. A single federal agency should be responsible for providing and maintaining security clearances, ensuring uniform standards, including uniform security questionnaires and financial report requirements, and maintaining a single database. 
This agency can also be responsible for administering polygraph tests on behalf of organizations that require them. A president-elect should submit the nominations of the entire new national security team through the level of undersecretary of cabinet departments, not later than January 20th. The Senate, in return, should adopt special rules requiring hearings and votes to confirm or reject national security nominees within 30 days of their submission. The Senate should not require confirmation of such executive appointees below executive level 3. The outgoing administration should provide the president-elect as soon as possible after Election Day with a classified, compartmented list that catalogs specific operational threats to national security, major military or covert operations, and pending decisions on the possible use of force. Such a document could provide both notice and a checklist inviting a president-elect to inquire and learn more. End of chapter 13.4 Recording by Bob Siebold